Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another segment of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vanderbilt here, of course, with his trusted canine co-host and cohort, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woof. Yeah, Woody, you are right. Last night was one heck of a night. Well, we're going to talk about the election results, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and there are all three to discuss. So let's get right to it and talk about current presidential numbers right now. I went to bed last night. I don't know about you guys. I went to bed last night with Georgia red, North Carolina red, uh, Pennsylvania red, Michigan red, Wisconsin red, thinking, all right, this looks good. This looks good. But I knew it was going to take a while. I knew the, I stayed up till probably about well, a little past midnight watching the election results and watching all of the pundits and all of that go back and forth and back and forth. Uh, and I got to tell you, I had no idea that I'd wake up to what I woke up today. Um, Over the course of the night, um, 200 ballots came in Michigan, and surprisingly, all 200 of those ballots were for Biden. That makes sense, right? And in Wisconsin, 100,000. Miraculously, 100,000 ballots were found and also for Biden. Yeah, it doesn't look suspect at all, does it? But you know what? The left, they, they're, they're going to just call you a conspiracy theorist if you start any kind of conversation or any kind of uh, dialogue that, was there fraud? I mean, was there? Well, here's what we know. Uh, we know that 200,000 ballots miraculously appeared in Michigan overnight for Biden. And it's funny how when these ballots appear, they're all for the Democrats. And we know miraculously 100,000 appeared in Wisconsin again for Biden. Now, Pennsylvania is all over the place, but let's go through some numbers real quick. Now, I'll talk state by state. One is I want to talk about Florida. Florida did a wonderful job of managing the process. So you got to ask yourself if Florida can do it with all the provisional ballots, all the mail-in ballots, uh, all the absentee ballots, and still pull off election results. You know, why can't these other states do it? Well, I'll tell you why. Florida's ran by Republicans. Michigan's ran by Democrats. Wisconsin's ran by Democrats. Pennsylvania, Democrats. So Nevada, Democrats. So you've got these states that are ran by Democrats, and most of the counties where you have these delays are ran by Democrats. And let's take the state of Georgia. Right now, Georgia is still not called. Uh, We have 94% in reporting. And Trump is leading 50.5% to Biden's 48.3%. So you're like, why is that not called, E? You live in Georgia. You have some insight? I do have some insight. Um, what Georgia, what Fulton County, Fulton County is the biggest county here in Georgia. I live in Fulton County, by the way. It's about a million residents, I, I think it is, the number I saw. And so Fulton County historically, historically an election after election after election has delayed results and you kind of wonder why is that are they just woefully incompetent or do they actually are they trying to do some shenanigans are they trying to pull some shenanigans you don't know so what they did in Fulton County in order to make the election <clears throat> easier uh, they set up voting at State Farm Arena in downtown Atlanta and miraculously last night they had a huge water 
break, a pipe burst, and everything got slowed down. Everything got delayed. And you got to wonder, is, was there more sinister things at play here? I mean, I don't put it past the Democrats. I really don't. I'm not trying to put on a tinfoil hat here and call conspiracy theorists about the election, but it all looks very, very suspect. So I believe Georgia is going to go for Trump, but it's not enough. So Georgia, we got 94% in. We basically got Fulton County. Once Fulton County reports in, it's all over, right, for Georgia. No, North Carolina. Man, North Carolina was a real nail biter last night. In you know, here's typically what happens is the mail-in ballots to historically go stronger for Democrats. So you saw the Democrat lead in the mail-in ballot, and then when the in-person ballots or the in-person votes are tallied up, you saw Trump come back around. That's exactly what happened in North Carolina. And 94% is reported in right now with 50.1% to Trump and 48.7 for Biden. And again, the same things happen in your Democrat counties. It's delay, delay, delay. And you gotta, you gotta wonder if that's how it is across the country. And it is what, why is it always Democrats? Are they just woefully ignorant or is there more sinister items at play here? Now I will say, there's a strong case to say they are woefully ignorant. I mean, if you are voting for Biden, you're woefully ignorant. I'm sorry, you just are. Because if you just voted for Biden, and let's say Biden wins this election, and by all means, right now, he could win the election. In two years' time, less than two years' time, Joe Biden will not be the president of the United States. Kamala Harris will be. And if you just elected Biden, you're getting Kamala Harris. You've just elected the first black female president. Now, I know you leftists love that. I mean, that probably just makes you just all quiver, right? But what really just happened is you just elected the most leftist senator in the United States Senate president if Biden wins this election. So there's, he will not last his first term. He just won't. <clears throat> so Pennsylvania is a... St- um, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, still up for grabs, Nevada. Some have called it for Arizona. Some have not called it for Arizona. Now, Pennsylvania right now, 54.1% to Biden's 448 Sounds like a huge lead, right? Well, was, you know, it's, it's mixed of where you're finding the reporting. And I'm going to get into how they reported all these numbers here pretty quick. But Pennsylvania, a According to Politico, 64% of the vote is in. I've seen some of it where 78% of the vote is in. And it's leaning pretty heavy to President Trump. Will it hold? Probably not. be honest with you. Point blank, blunt, probably won't hold because of more either Democrat incompetence or Democrat shenanigans. Michigan right now reported in 95% of the vote, 49.4 to Biden and 49.1 to Trump. Could it swing back? Absolutely. Probably won't. I'm, being, I'm feeling pretty pessimistic today. I think those 16 electoral votes are lost. Wisconsin, 95%. This is according to Politico, by the way. Reported in with Biden at 49.6 in the lead. Trump, 48.9. These two states I just called out miraculously found all these votes for Biden overnight. Yeah, no shenanigans whatsoever. Will Wisconsin switch? Well, probably not. Again, feeling pretty pessimistic today. And then you got Nevada. Nevada, they're saying this is saying only 67% in, and that's 49.2 to Biden, 48.6 to Trump. Will it swing to Trump? Probably not. Biden, or, uh, the Democrats won it last time. And they got Arizona. 
Politico has called it for Arizona, but other apparatuses have not called Arizona. And it's 51% to Biden, 47.6% to Trump, and they say 84% in. I'm not feeling good about it. I'm just not. Now, you left us. You're probably ecstatic right now. You love this. This is like your cream right here. You guys, you are complete morons. You left us. You just are. I'm sorry. You just are. Anybody who voted for the Biden-Harris ticket is morons. So what did we learn from this election last night? And there's a couple things we learned. Uh, one is, well, we know Democrats are morons because they they voted for Biden-Harris ticket. They voted for a senile old man and a lady who basically just put out a video the other day that um, advocates communism. So we know the left just voted for a senile old man and a communist. And we know the left just voted for somebody who they know. They know. They're, I mean, I'm not going to say they're stupid. Academically, the left are not stupid, but they're not bright. They don't understand cause and effect. They don't understand long-term effects of things and decisions they make. Uh, they know that Biden's not going to be there the full term. They, I know, deep down inside, they know it. They want Harris. They, and the reason they want Harris is for identity politics. They want the first black female. The Democrats want so bad to have the first female and the first black female. It's all identity politics with them. And this is this is the result. This is what we get. Now, I, you know, I'm feeling pretty pessimistic today, not optimistic. It could all turn into Trump's favors. Now, Trump is a fighter. Trump, uh, there's already some lawsuits filed in Pennsylvania, a couple of lawsuits filed in Pennsylvania. But if they really want to fight this, they better get on lawsuits in Michigan and Wisconsin and Arizona, possibly Nevada. Uh, they need to get into Georgia and North Carolina. And my bet is the Trump administration is looking at all this because they knew this was going to happen. This, what's happened last night is exactly what both sides knew were going to happen. And hopefully the Trump administration prepared for this. They should have known and anticipated these shenanigans. And I, I'm, I'm sure they did. You know, the idea is you need to get enough votes to offset the left's shenanigans when it comes to elections. Uh, maybe they just didn't get enough, the Trump. But there are the both sides have lawyered up. Both sides have, uh, you know, and, and you're going to hear the left say, oh, look at the Trump administration with the lawyers, yada, yada, yada. I'm sorry. A, a few months ago, about a month ago, didn't Biden, do you remember Biden saying that they've already employed 600 lawyers ready for the election? They're both doing it. So don't let people try to pigeonhole one side or the other side. Both sides knew this was going to lead to legal battles. President Trump last night got blasted for saying that we won the election and basically alluded that there's been some nefarious stuff going on. He got blasted for that. But Biden didn't get blasted for him saying coming out first, by the way. Biden came out first. He didn't get blasted for anything he said. Of course, Trump did. And Trump pretty much said last night that they will take it to the Supreme Court. So we now have Amy Coney Barrett there, so that helps. Now, in Pennsylvania, um, what, there, there was a case that went to the Supreme Court regarding this election in Pennsylvania, and it was a 4-4 split decision of the Supreme Court. The lower court ruled uh, for some provisional ballots or ballots could be counted up until this Friday, even if the postmark wasn't clear. And so that was challenged. And it went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court came back with a 4-4 ruling, which meant it defaulted back to the lower house's ruling. So we won't know Pennsylvania probably until Friday, unless there's a surge of votes for obviously Biden, because you know there won't be a surge of votes for 
Trump because that's not how it ever works. It never works that way. How is it that early voting favors the Democrats unless it's close? Then all these votes that are found, boom, are Democrats. Happens every time. Now, a couple of things out of the election. One is this will probably be, and actually it won't be probably, it already is, um, the highest turnout in election history. The number I've seen is about 160 million people voting. Last cycle was 128 million. 67% of the electric, electric, uh, electric, yes. Uh, I think last, the highest was like 61 point something. So massive, massive voter turnout, but it just doesn't look like it was enough to offset what we're experiencing right now. So uh, my, pessim my pessimism is very, very high. Uh, I want to be optimistic, but I'm just not. I know what the Democrats are capable of doing. They've done this before. And historically, and I hate to say this, I really do, uh, when this happens, um, historically the Democrats usually come out ahead. Now I know some are gonna call out the election of 2000 where it went to the Supreme Court uh, Gore v. Bush and Bush won. I know. Let's pray that happens here, but it's got to happen here and not just Pennsylvania. Because here's the math. Uh, Pennsylvania is not enough. If, if Trump wins Pennsylvania right now, but he loses Nevada and Arizona, Michigan, and Wisconsin, uh, that's 270 for Biden, 268 for Trump. So Michigan and Pennsylvania are vital together. So if he wins Nevada, if it does come back, and Nevada's a long shot, please don't, don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. I don't think there's an, um, um, a, a, um, I, think, I don't think Nevada is in the mix. I think Nevada's a long shot. shot. So, but if he does, if he does win Nevada, if Trump miraculously wins Nevada and he still loses Michigan and Wisconsin, he still wins the election. Um, so as it stands right now, everything's up in the air. Now, they called Arizona. A couple of the apparatuses called Arizona. Fox News, I believe, did. Uh, Politico did. But other places did not call Arizona. Once Arizona's called officially, that's the first state that Biden flipped. Uh, if he wins Minnesota, I'm sorry, if he wins Michigan and Wisconsin, he flips those two states as well. And so if he wins Arizona, Michigan, and Wisconsin, he flipped those three states, Biden wins the election, even if Trump still gets Pennsylvania. And it's just a damn shame. It's a damn shame that we're in this position. Now, let's go over to the House races, and I'll talk more about the presidential race, I'm sure, in a little bit. I'm just kind of all over the map today. This is, you know, it was a late night, and there's just a lot of information, and we're just not done. So everything that I say right now could all be moot, as, even as I'm saying it right now. Um, states could come in. You know, Michigan, Wisconsin could come in for Trump. Pennsylvania can close up. Arizona, Nevada, all these can change at a whim. All of these are up in the air. Georgia, even Georgia, North Carolina. So let's get off the presidential race real quick and let's talk about the Senate race. Now, in the Senate race, um, the Senate race is pretty close to what, what, what I predicted. Uh, right now, the Senate race is a wash. And now it's a wash where um, the Democrats are up one and the Republicans are up one. So the Senate race, a couple of interesting highlights on the Senate race. One is, which is very exciting, at least for me it was, I was hoping she would win. Joni Ertz win, kept her seat in Iowa. So the GOP kept that seat in Iowa. Uh, one of the biggest losses, I think, of the evening that was not really a surprise, it was, but it was hoping, I guess, you know, there's that wishy-washy word, that McSally in Arizona would be able to seat 
um, keep her seat and win over the challenger Kelly, but Kelly won. Looks like Kelly won in Arizona. Now in Georgia, I'm going to get, let me actually, let me pull postpone Georgia a little bit and I'll get to it because Georgia's got a lot going on as far as the Senate race, North Carolina. It looks like Tillis has pulled ahead. And as I suspected what happened, and it looks like he's going to keep that seat in North Carolina. And the surprising, the shocker was that it looks like Susan Collins potentially is going to keep her seat up in Maine, uh, Colorado, um, uh, Gardner, who is the incumbent Republican, lost his seat. No surprise. That one was one I knew that they were going to lose. Uh, and in Alabama, the incumbent for the Democrats, Jones, lost his seat. Again, no surprise. That was one where people pretty much knew were going to lose. But there was a hope, wishy-washy word, that up in Minnesota that that would flip from Lewis, who is a Republican, would have be beat Smith, the Democrat, the incumbent, but that didn't happen. The real big one is going on in Michigan right now, and it's not called yet. Neither is North Carolina, by the way, uh, nor is Maine, but it looks pretty positive that they're going to keep their seats. Collins will keep her seat in Maine. Tillis will keep his seat in North Carolina. In Michigan, it looks like um, the Republican challenger, James, is going to best the incumbent Democrat Peters. So it looks like, and it's tight, it's a nail biter. 49.1 for James, 49% for Peters. The number's been bouncing around all over the place, but that would be a nice win if the GOP can pull off a win in Michigan. If not, they still hold the Senate. The GOP holds the Senate. So, you know, the <clears throat> Alaska is uh, still not called, but it's 63 to 31 in Alaska for the incumbent incumbent Republican Sullivan. So Alaska is good. Georgia is the one that's interesting. The race that the media wanted all of us to believe was uh, a possible upset for the Republicans is the race between David Perdue and John Ossoff. And uh, John, Ossoff, John Ossoff has lost that race. They still haven't called it, but he lost the race. Uh, Georgia's got 94% and David Perdue's at 50.8% of the vote to Ossoff's 46.9. Ain't going to happen. Ossoff is done. Perdue's going to keep that seat. And then the other race in Georgia, which did not get a lot of press, was between Loeffler. Um, she's the incumbent right now. And she was, she was, she replaced, she was appointed by um, Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, to replace Johnny Isaacson, who retired over health issues. And this one had like 73 people, it seemed like, that were running for this seat. But really, it was down to Collins, Loeffler, and the Democrat challenger. And I'm drawing a blank at what that guy's name is right now. Um, but anyway, it goes into a runoff. And Collins and Loeffler were both Republicans. They split the Republican vote, so it's not surprising that it was going to go into the runoff because they needed a candidate needed 50% plus one. Nobody got it. So that goes into a runoff, which means Loeffler is going to win. The Democrats will not have enough votes. The combined votes of the Republicans in the race uh, is more than the combined votes of the Democrats in the race. But unfortunately, that runoff is not going to happen until um january 5th but georgia both senators will remain republican so the republicans keep the house or the senate i'm sorry and it looks like it it looks like it's a wash it looks like they're going to keep 53 so depending on what happens up in michigan if uh if michigan can go republican if james can win it in michigan then 
it's a wash. Right now, um, Democrats are up one in uh, the Senate. Republicans are down one, but there are two races not called that'll completely wash that out. And it looks like right now the Republicans have a 53-seat majority. It looks like they're going to keep a 53-seat majority. Now, that is probably the best news all night. And why is that the best news? Well, because if... If Biden and Harris get the White House, um, they can't do anything without the Senate. The Senate will block them. Mitch McConnell won his seat handily. He's the leader of the Senate. He re he'll retain the minority, the minority leader. He'll be the minority leader in the Senate. And he's done a pretty phenomenal job, I have to admit. And I know he gets a lot of flack from a lot of people. But this, this go around, this last four years, McConnell... Man, McConnell has done a phenomenal job at blocking the Democrats and keeping them at bay. If he can continue to do that, then he protects us as a nation. Mitch McConnell, if Donald Trump loses this election, in my opinion, for the Republicans, Mitch McConnell now is the most important man in the party. Now, some people are going to fear that, but looking at his performance these last four years, don't fear it. Uh, he's actually done a really good job and I support him now hundred percent wholeheartedly. Now I hope he doesn't get wishy-washy on us, but you know, cause that happens a lot, but Mitch McConnell has done a phenomenal job. Now back over in the house, it's a wash right now. And there are still contested races out there. It's minus five Democrats plus five Republicans. It's basically a wash. So the Democrats will retain control of the house, but, uh, they, it looks like they may pick up a couple of seats. Like I said, there's still a lot of contested elections out there. Uh, I'll go through them real quick. In Alabama, the, this is what's very telling about this. If you go through the House races, very little happened. In Alabama, there was no nothing. There was nobody that picked up a seat. There was nobody that lost a seat, at least right now. They're, all the reporting's in, and right now, the GOP... They hold all their seats, and the one Democrat in Alabama holds their seat. Now, this is, this is the House of Representatives. Remember, they vote every two years. Uh, in Alaska, it, you know, it's still, the results still haven't come in, but it looks like, the, again, the GOP holds. In Arizona, no pickups, just all holds. Everyone holds. And it looks like the same thing. We got one district that's still outstanding in Arizona, but in Ar Arkansas, no change. In California, which has the most number of representatives in the country because of population, based on all the results right now, no change. There may, there's still about, it looks like six or seven races that haven't been called yet, but so far, no change. In Colorado, no change. This is all the House of Representatives. In Connecticut, there's still about three races that haven't been called, but so far, no change. Delaware, no change. Florida, again, a boatload of uh, representatives in Florida, Florida because of the population. You got two GOP pickups in Florida. So the GOP picks up two in Florida. And one of them is not Laura Loomer, by the way, if uh, you are following that race. She's kind of that... Um, she was running as a Republican in a very heavily Democrat race, and she's one of those very uh, – she's an advocate, advocate, activist. I got kicked off Twitter, kind of a loudmouth, but I didn't expect her to win anyway, and I don't want to get into her race because she's gone. Georgia, no change. Uh, Hawaii, no change. Idaho, no change. Illinois, no change. Indiana, no change. Iowa, we got a GOP pickup in Iowa. Uh, Kansas, no change. 
Kentucky, no change. Louisiana, no change. Maine, no change. Maryland, no change. Massachusetts, no change. Michigan, no change. Michigan, I'm sorry. Uh, there are still some contests. There's still some races that haven't been called in Michigan yet, but these are all the races that have been called. Uh, in Minnesota, a GOP pickup. In Mississippi, no change. Uh, Missouri, no change. Montana, no change. Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, no change. New Mexico, a GOP pickup. Uh, New York, no change. North Carolina, two Dem pickups in North Carolina. Uh, North Dakota, Ohio, no change. Oklahoma, one GOP pickup. Oregon, no change. Pennsylvania, no change. Rhode Island's no change. South Carolina, a GOP pickup. South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas with a boatload of houses, you know, representatives because of population, uh, no change. Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming, no change. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you, one, that Trump didn't have coattails, by the way. That's the first thing it tells you. But it also tells you that this country, we are set in our ways. Democrats are voting in Democrat areas. They consisted to vote, continue to vote in Democrat areas. Republicans continue to vote Republican in Republican areas. No change. My district, Georgia 6, which turned Democrat last cycle, remain Democrat this cycle. Karen Handel, who ran as the Republican, in my opinion, I'm sorry, Karen, if you're listening, I'm sorry. It was a horrible campaign. It was milk toast, And this, this district needed something exciting for the, it's a very much of a soccer mom district, if you will. And Karen, love you to death, but you just didn't represent that for this district. And Lucy McBath, Good, bad, or indifferent, you saw a lot more activity from her. And uh, I hate the fact that, yeah, I know hate's a bad word, uh, that we're, I'm still represented by a Democrat in my district, Georgia 6. This is the district that um, Newt Gingrich once had. So you've got the Senate holds for the GOP, the, the House holds for the Democrats, and the Republican the, or the presidency up in the air, up in the air. And um, I, like I say, my pessimism is running really, really high right now. Let's talk about the polling. Now, pollsters got it wrong. They got it wrong. I mean, and, and, and people that were um, uh, bought into the enthusiasm for the president, and I talked a lot about that, but there are a lot of people that were saying that it's going to be a, a, bl a landslide. And I kept warning people it's not going to be a landslide. It's going to be a margins election. It's going to be right along the margins, and it very much it was. But the pollsters, uh, you know, I was telling you, watch the trends. Watch the trends. The trends favored Trump, and they did. And it really played out what I was saying. However, in Michigan and Wisconsin, with the shenanigans going on, it may not play out exactly how I've said. But if you listen, if you watch those trends, you saw that Trump was doing well in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. You saw that he was trending well. You saw he was trending very good in Florida. You saw he was actually trending uh, decent in Arizona. It's a shame that that one's not going for him, but it's not over yet. You saw that North Carolina which you saw it was trending in his favor. And that is exactly what turned out. If you looked at the trends, not at the polls. So if you look at the polls, uh, Florida, the polls, the aggregate polls at Real Clear Politics had Trump went in Florida by 0.9% or had Biden up on election day, 0.9%. And Trump did a 3.4% blowout. 
of Florida. Uh, in North Carolina, the trends had Trump up 0.2, and right now Trump is up 1.4 if the uh, numbers hold right now. Pennsylvania, uh, the aggregate at Real Clear Politics had Biden up 0.2%. And right now, yeah, you're, gonna, you're not going to believe this number, but again, we still got a lot of votes left to count in Pennsylvania. Trump's up 10.7%. In Michigan, the aggregate polls had Biden up 4.2%. Right now, Biden is up 0.3%. In Wisconsin, the aggregate polls on Real Color Politics had Biden up 6.7%. Right now, Biden's up 0.7%. And Arizona had Biden up 09 and it looks like that's the one where they were still way off, but Biden right now is up 3.4%. So the polls were the big losers here, the pollsters, except for a couple of them, like Trafalgar Group, actually was pretty close um the um susquehanna was pretty close and all the rest uh, this the one advantage i forget the other one and something advantage were those three which were pretty close in 2016 looks like they're pretty close in 2020 so the the pollsters were the biggest losers out of the election uh other than the american people if biden wins by the way but because i just think that uh a Biden presidency would be just absolutely, absolutely horrible, horrible, horrible for the for America. Uh, and then the pundits, the media pundits. I vacillated last night between CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. And I will tell you that MSNBC, when they were seeing these results come in at around midnight, uh, they were starting to they were starting to cry in their beer. They were looking depressed. I'm sure they feel really good this morning. Um, Fox News, honestly, Fox News was just kind of boring. I, I I I didn't get a whole lot of Fox News. They, you know, they maybe that's the way it should be played. So the the best one for me last night was John King on CNN. I thought John King on CNN did a great job at monitoring the results. In fact, he was so into it that Wolf Blitzer, if, if you ever watch Wolf Blitzer, by the way, he's a complete nincompoop idiot. Wolf Blitzer kept interrupting him. And a lot of times Steve King would look at him like, could you please just shut up? And uh, Wolf Blitzer would look at Florida when Steve was in a point on some other state. <coughs> uh, Steve King did a phenomenal job last night. I really enjoyed watching his analysis and him um, crunching the numbers as they came in. I, um, he did. He worked the board very, very well. Over at Fox News, Bill Hemmer did okay job, but I got more out of Steve King than I did look back and forth at Fox News. And MSNBC was just garbage. They were just garbage. But Steve King, I'm going to give a shout out to Steve King. He, to me, was the winner of the night as far as pundits talking. So. Where are we? We are, we are a long way out. This will not be decided anytime soon. Pennsylvania is going to take a while unless Michigan and Wisconsin break really, really hard today, more so for Biden. Uh, this election is going to be drawn out. You're going to see both sides bring out the lawyers. They already have. You're going to see both sides fight. We know President Trump is a fighter, so we know that he's not going to take this line down. Pennsylvania is right now where lawsuits have already been filed by two entities, from what I understand. We'll probably see that in Michigan. We'll probably see that in Wisconsin, depending on what happens today. Uh, it could possibly also happen in Nevada. I don't know. But right now, we're not going to know the election for 
I don't know. I, I would love to have it all done today, but it doesn't look like it's going to be um, called today. Now, one other point, and then we'll wrap up this segment of the PBL podcast. And then in the next segment, we'll get into a little more of the detail of, um, well, I may just go ahead and do that now, but I want, to, I want to share with you one pundit last night who had a complete meltdown. There were others. Well, I'll do that on the second segment of the podcast. One thing that, uh, you know, we do know watching the election last night was that, yes, this was a lot like the 2016 election. Um, idiot Don Lemon over at CNN was sitting there lamenting, oh, this is not like the 2016. Can we not say that anymore? This is 2020. Yeah, whatever, Don. You know, history has a place in the, the, in, in, in the conversation. And they, this was a lot like 2016. The polls were wrong, like in 2016. The same battleground states were at play and are, and are at play like they were in 2016. Florida went the same way this election cycle as it did in 2016. Now, the one difference in Florida is Latinos uh, in Miami-Dade broke for Trump by 120,000 more than they did for Hillary Clinton in um, the 2016 election. Uh, but even if the Miami-Dade went like it did last time, Trump would have still won Florida. So Florida broke just like it did in 2016. So yeah, there are a lot of parallels to this election in 2016. And what the, the biggest learning out of this is the pollsters. The pollsters were garbage in 2016, and the pollsters are garbage in 2020. So if you are living by the poll numbers, you are not seeing the whole picture. You have got to follow the trends. All right, thank you for listening to this particular, this presidential episode of the PBO podcast. Um, just a damn shame that here we are. This is where we're at in this country. We shouldn't, we should, we should know who our president is today. We shouldn't have to uh, deal with ballots being found. We shouldn't have to deal with the shenanigans that it looks like is going on. We should know who our president is right now. If one state can do it, like Florida, Texas, there's many states that can. All states should be able to do it. We have the technology. We have the infrastructure. We have the processes. All they have to do is employ them, and there's only one reason why they don't employ them. And that reason is exactly what you're seeing playing out right now in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona. If these state officials wanted these elections to be called accurately and honestly, we would know who the president of the United States would be right now. And I guarantee you, the president of the United States right now would be declared Donald J. Trump.